Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 podcast. Today it is the 12th, when you're watching this, 12th of October 2022. I am joined by Robbie Triano, as I am every single week. He's got some takes. We'll discuss them and also some Big 12 television ratings that are really encouraging, not just for the games as well. That's all coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12. Your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, joined by Robbie Triano of SiriusXM. Another exciting week in the Big 12, Robbie, and so much happened. But the one thing we have to talk about, because this is kind of the talk of the town right now when it comes to college football, right, is television ratings television revenues, conference revenues. It's really all about money right now. A great weekend for the Big 12, not just for game viewership, but also for viewership of College Game Day. College Game Day at Kansas drew a big crowd. I think a lot of that's also curiosity, right? I mean, people wanted to see this. You know, it's one of those first-time things. They go to a school for the first time. It was awesome to see. Uh, A lot of viewership for that. Viewership for the game was down just a little bit. The problem is it was going up against a Michigan game at noon, right? Uh, on big noon, that's the dominant window. Also, it had Texas-Oklahoma to compete with. And it was not a game that we thought was going to be a super high draw. But for noon on FS1, 1.3 million. And then the Texas Tech-Oklahoma State game does some really good numbers. Uh, they end up doing, I think it's what, 1.6 million was what they got in the viewership there. The most viewed Big 12 game on FS1 since 2017 which was Bedlam. So people wanted to watch those pokes and those Cowboys play. I would say a really successful weekend for the Big 12 all in all. Yeah, absolutely. And when we look at the numbers, like that's very encouraging because this league is about to enter something very new, which is by Oklahoma and Texas. And a lot of people think, well, how can this league compete with the rest of the country when it comes to numbers? Well, you're watching these on games, on channels that are not ESPN or ABC or CBS, you're watching these on their secondary channels and they're still doing this amount of numbers. That's incredibly encouraging. And it makes me think like if Oklahoma state, Texas tech were to be on an ABC or just on ESPN, I think they would do very well, but they are not given that opportunity because they don't have the fans or the markets that they desire. Those companies desire. But when you look at this, Brett, your mark can go these, TV companies and be like, we just did this on a lower station that we don't like on Fox Sports One. We just had Kansas lead college game day and have the best ratings they had the entire season. Kansas, like what what are we talking about? So it's just a reminder that one, the the play in this league is making people who probably don't watch it tune in. That is awesome. And two, there's just a lot of great stories in this league right now. And I think That just sells really well. Oh, let's see what's happening at Kansas. They haven't done this my whole life. Let's tune in. So I think right now we're kind of hitting this merge of really good football and really amazing stories, and they're coming together in such a beautiful way. Yeah, I mean, you know, there is some, there is a lot of competition this past weekend, uh, you know, what we're talking about for for all of these things. And I'll say this, the one thing you saw from this past weekend, and maybe, maybe they'll tweet something out today about the viewership of the, uh, the game between Oregon and or Oregon, Utah and UCLA and Utah. Maybe, maybe that's coming up, but you know, this is, we've seen it from ESPN PR and we've seen it from Fox PR touting the numbers from the big 12. And I'll tell you what, they're, 
they're not going to be doing that right now for the Pac-12, Robbie, because their exclusive window is up. The Big 12, uh, excuse me, the Pac-12, their exclusive window ended. We know that for sure. And now the Pac-12, yeah, they have the luxury of going around, but the big networks that you want, right, Fox and ESPN, aren't going to be doing you any favors because that would drive the price up if they want you back. So we see Fox and ESPN, and I know, look, I know the game, uh, the college game day was not the actual game, but like college game day in Lawrence, Kansas resonated because it was the most watched pre-November college game day since what were they say? I mean, 2010, 12 years ago. And so that's good news that these networks are saying, Hey, bump big 12, bump big 12, bump big 12. It shows that right now. I mean, obviously, yes, this part of the interest is because the PAC 12 negotiating window is over. But it's good news. The numbers are good. It's it's really good news. These numbers are encouraging. So and look, I, I I always know it's you know, I hate making conference versus conference because somebody has to lose and that's not always fun. And you know the Big Twelve lost some when OU and Texas left. You back twelve lost some when USC and UCLA leave. But we have to acknowledge that this is the space that we're currently in. And when it comes to Pac twelve versus Big Twelve, I know the Pac twelve had a great game this weekend. On uh, on on Fox, but and, and they had the, the night game too. But it was also guess who the two teams were on Fox for them: UCLA against Utah and USC against Washington State. Guess who's going? Guess who's leaving? So that's that's it's kind of a big part of this too. Yeah, absolutely. And the one that I thought was actually like really sad that I saw is when I saw the ratings come out. I look, it's not in the top three, it's number four, it's number five, and that is Oklahoma and Texas. And that's just like a really good indicator of just the appetite for that game. Bad Oklahoma Oklahoma is is. right now. And also just um, that is a game that should be number one or number two. It should be. But instead you have other teams and games and that's, not a good sign for those two. And the fact that the talking point is how good the Big 12 did is awesome. Are they in the top five, like eight of these ratings? No, but they shouldn't be. Like, like they're on the lesser channels. They are right. not put on these main things. And one day I just hope that they just have the balls to be like, you know what? This is a really good matchup. These are great stories. Can we put this primetime on ESPN? Can we put this on Fox in this major window? And I think a team like Oklahoma State can deliver that doesn't need Oklahoma or Texas bringing their numbers up. I really do think two Big 12 teams that are not OU and Texas can get really good numbers. I just want to see it on a primetime stage, and I think that is going to happen because the depth of this league is incredible. And we will see it with Oklahoma State and TCU this weekend. They're getting the number two broadcast with Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge. So that is a good statement for them, but I, I, this is very encouraging. And Brett Yormark is just sitting there like, let's go. Thank you, Bob Bolsby. I inherited this. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you so much on this. And also, you know, think about like that game on FS1 between TCU and Kansas. It was, it was probably, I looked up and down the, the, the ledger top 25 games was the best game all weekend. It was the most fun and competitive game. I mean, the, the second half there, I had some people text me and like, oh, there's no defense. I'm like, are you seeing these la- you see these lasers these guys are throwing? And they're throwing darts all over the field, making insane catches. The coverage wouldn't even matter with how good some of those throws. And, and it was, and guess what crew got assigned to that game? They put Jason Benetti and Brock Heward on that game. Those guys usually are designated for the second game that is on Fox 
they put Chris Myers, who people really, I mean, I, I know, I know people, you know, not, not a huge fan of him. I think it was Chris, uh, Brando, Brando, Tim Brando. People do not like Tim Brando. All right. And they put him on that three thirty Fox game. And so it just goes to show you like, you know, if Fox had a do-over, they would definitely put that game on Fox. Um, and they would definitely probably try to move it out of the noon window because you had to go up against the Michigan game on Big Fox, right? Which you know is going to take ratings away. You have a top 25 matchup. You also have Red River at the same time too. Like they just kind of missed out. And um, once again, they set this stuff two weeks in ahead. But I think that game, you know, if that game's on Fox, like it does great ratings. It does better ratings than it did. And also it's going to be talked about a lot more. It would be would have been talked about more because that was the most fun and competitive game of the weekend. A lot of these big conferences, Robbie, like think about the Alabama-Tennessee conversation this week, right? Can Tennessee compete with Alabama, right? Can they can they go out there and can they keep it close? Can they finally do it? Like, look, we, you know, we're not going to be in the college ball playoff probably. We're not going to have that conversation, whatever. But like that means the regular season games are more fun because of that we're not talking about can team x compete with team y we put you know unless it's like oklahoma and somebody else now that's kind of out of the question right if tcu meets oklahoma state we know they can compete it's just a matter of how it happens kansas versus tcu we know they can compete it's just a matter of how it plays out you know kansas state oklahoma state you go on down the line kansas state texas it's not a matter of can x compete with y it is all right how does this one shake out how close is this game because we're pretty sure it's going to be pretty close yeah and I agree with that. And I think what is best for the growth of college football? Is it putting Alabama on your screen every week? Is it putting Michigan against Indiana on your screen in the primetime games? To be honest, no, because I don't think they're the best games. If you really want to grow college football, put on the most entertaining games with the most relatable stories in the world. The stories that we love in March are not UNC basketball doing really great or Kansas basketball. It's, oh my God, look at Loyola Chicago. Oh my God, look at St. Mary's. Like those are the stories that make you want to tune in because it's like, it's like theater. It's like going to a movie theater and seeing a story play out in real time. And that's why I have such a love for the big 12 because I'm not a fan of any school here. I'm not, I'm, I am from Michigan. I am a Michigan state fan. The reason why I think this league is so damn fun and so easy to root for is because every team has an amazing story. The play is awesome on the field that lives up to the hype that you talk about the week leading up to it. I love these teams. They're so easy to root for. And that's why I think the big 12 needs a better stage. And I think if you're not a fan of any college football team, you should pick a big 12 team because you're guaranteed to have the most fun every weekend to watch. It's it's that simple. hundred percent. And let's go to a team. You mentioned everybody's got a good story. One team that's got an interesting story, but it's not a good one. Oklahoma should be worried is your first take. Uh, Explain what you mean by worried. Is this worried short-term, long-term? What do you mean by Oklahoma should be worried? Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by LinkedIn. You all need a position filled. LinkedIn's the best place to do it. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% sure and certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions to apply. 
Oklahoma should be very, very worried for this reason alone. You have played six games. You are 0-3 in the Big 12. And you have no idea if your head coach is going to be any good. That should be worrisome. That like you can you can tell me you know in the future he's good you know what recruiting wise he's good you're you just played six games you're three and three put your you just basically look god awful the last two games against the top of basically the big no right you, you you did right you, when you, you drop when you when you get a forty nine burger laid on you and you score nothing you score nothing and your prize person is this this coach who's so good at defense, and you have Jeff Levy who was praised as the best offensive coordinator in college football, you should be terrified. You should be very much terrified. You just had Dylan Gabriel go out, and apparently that is enough of a reason that your your offense stinks, where you can only pass under 40 yards. Are, are we kidding me, Oklahoma? That is the most embarrassing performance I have seen ever from this program, ever. I don't care that people say it hasn't been this bad since 98. This has to be worse. This has to be. I saw Eric Gray throw the worst pass in my entire life. The entire game was embarrassing. And the fact that I don't even consider Texas the best team in the league, I consider other talent to be even better. This is embarrassing. You have you brought in all of these coaches that everyone wants to say, you know what, he put an all-star staff here. And then everyone says, you know what, they still rated some of the best in the country when it comes to the blue chip ratio. What are you doing with that talent, Oklahoma? This is embarrassing. The fact that you can't get to the quarterback at all, the fact you can't provide any defense and teams are teabagging you on offense. It's embarrassing. Brent Venables, there is no no reason right now a person should be confident that he is going to be good heading into the SEC. So Oklahoma should be worried in the now, and you should be worried in the in the in the future because you don't know what you're going to look like in two to three years, and you have no idea if this person is good for you at all. Yeah, as as much as Oklahoma has dominated this league as of late, and they have. I mean, last year is withstanding, and this year withstanding. But look, they have they've had a relative period of dominance. Um. You think about Brent Venables at Clemson, like the amount of talent they had there. Sure, you know they they were pretty dominant in that league. They, they and they should have been. The ACC was not very good, or comparative to Clemson, right? And Oklahoma is somewhat similar, but the, the gap is a bit shorter between Oklahoma and the rest of the Big Twelve and Clemson and the, the rest of the ACC, right? I mean, Clemson is just it's just been a year after year after year, and I know last year wasn't very good. They still won ten games. It was a down year for them. Um, and they won actually. They've actually won national titles too. Is one thing I have to mention. Like the Oklahoma's, you know, past they have not recently. Um, I, it's so hard to identify what the problem is here. The big question is: Can Brent Venables coach when his team is clearly at a deficit of not talent, but like understanding and like ability to play together and uh, depth? I th- I think one thing, Robbie, we've exposed to it. Them, they're not a very deep team. They're no. not a very deep team where it really matters, especially being quarterback really where it matters. Right. Um, and so I've just got a lot of questions about how this looks moving forward. Now we have to counter this by saying, look at the team that is on the other side of the red river. Right. We got to look at how Texas has done. They sucked last year, five and seven. It was a different kind of suck, right? They were winning some of the games and now they've come to a point where and we'll get to them in a second. They look a lot better. So, that's why I would say, hey, look, don't totally hit the panic button, right? They're they're they have right now their recruiting class next year looks great, so you're still getting that stuff, and I, I think they can develop them still. 
but it's about getting on the same page. It really is about getting on the same page. And it's clear nobody is on the same page. And I, I hope they learn a lot of lessons from last week because that game plan was horrible, horrible. They had no, I don't know what the thought process was on offense. It feels like Davis Bevel was no more prepared to go into the game against TCU than he was to go in the game against Texas or to play start against Texas. Right. I mean, it felt like, you know, it just was not prepared. They were not confident in him with the play calling. They did not get their best player of the football in Marvin Mims. Right. They, they, they just didn't do it. So they've got a lot to work on. Um, I, I it's so hard to identify exactly what it is, but like it, it's it's almost inexplicable. It's almost you almost feel like you're at a loss for words. We talk in circles about it because yeah. it was so hard to imagine an Oklahoma team and and not one that's devoid of bad performances. They thumped Nebraska. They thumped Nebraska on the road. They blew them out in the first half. And that's a team that's okay. Like their like their defense is bad. Their offense is pretty good actually. And they might end up probably going to a bowl this game, bowl game this year with Mickey Jones. I know that division sucks, whatever. But like, that's not a that's not the worst Power Five team I've ever seen in my life. All right, yeah. and they killed them on the road in a huge game. They killed them. They beat their ass. And I just that team is no that team's gone. That team left the building. They said, well, "Hey, we'll play one game, Deuces. We're done for the season. See y'all later." Some somebody else knew. So I just I don't know. I I don't know how else how else to describe where we're at with Oklahoma. So. I want to talk to the Oklahoma fans directly. I don't know if they listen to this because they think they're too good for the Big 12 because SEC now. But the fact is, every year you got to walk into the Big 12 and say, you know what, we're better than every single one of these teams. And the fact is, the Big 12 has caught up to you, Oklahoma. And when you lose Lincoln Riley, you lose all of this talent. But yet in the offseason, you still have the balls to say, you know what, we're still better than all these people. That's that's ignorance. You were ignorant to this entire matter. You were ignorant to what you currently had. And the, you can't just replace all of these things and say, you know, what? we still have the depth. You brought it up. They do not have the depth. And right. the fact that now they're playing their they should be playing for the rest of the season. They're younger players. But I don't even know how talented they are. That's where I like I have so had it with Oklahoma. And the fact that I bought in this season, even though I did I was... too. Yeah. And we're saying this and like, is this somebody who I picked them? I took the over on their win total. I picked them to win the, which actually they could still hit at eight and a half. Um, I picked them to win the league this year or to finish first place in regular season. Um, I was in on it too. I was totally in on it. Yeah. But, but the thing is like, I bought into that because it's Oklahoma and we've seen right. it forever. But the fact is the league has caught up. The league has caught up to you. It caught up last year too, right? It caught up last year. We saw it. That's why I think this league is just full of some of the smartest people when it comes to coaching. The talent, like you look at Kansas right now, like in terms of recruiting talent, they don't reach you at all. They don't reach Oklahoma or Texas at all, but they are by far some of the best coached teams in the country. Like you can't tell me watching that offense, they're not like well coached at all. (laughs) So Oklahoma, like, you have so many issues right now. I don't know how a fan right now can like enjoy the rest of the season. Can you tell me in two to three years, this team is back to where they should great. But also at that point, you're out of this league. And the fact that every, not every, I would say 80% of head coaches, first year head coaches that take over a team stink. They are not very good. And the fact that we just thought Oklahoma could just continue it because they saw Lincoln Riley do it, guess what? He inherited an amazing roster. Okay, Oklahoma, 
So take your L this year. Let the Big 12 beat up on you. And then, I don't know, come into next year with some not as high expectations. I'll tell you what, transfer portal for them is going to be active. They got a lot of places where guys can play. And I think the, I think that could be a huge, a huge saving grace for this transfer portal. Uh, one team, let's talk about preseason expectations. Texas, you said they are a reality. I agree with this. I just want to know how, how in what way you like, are they justified in thinking they could be as good as they are? Uh, because in that sense, maybe even they disappointed a little bit, right? With that lost Texas Tech. Like, that's in my opinion now, I mean, that's that's that that loss becomes a bigger and bigger disappointment as each week passes by. Now, you can't dwell on the past, right? But I mean, you look at this team right now, Robbie, you know, might say Oklahoma sucks. Well, that's what you should do. You should throttle bad teams. Yeah. And I think also that, talk while I get this dog real fast. Yes. So the the expectation for this team heading into the season was, I don't think a big 12 championship team, but I think a team that offensively can be the best in the league. And they had to be better on defense because last year they were just bad. They were bad on defense last year. So when they come into this season and the past two performances, you can see that this offense is the best in the big 12 TCU has an argument to make right now, but when it comes to the talent of the team and what they are currently doing, Obviously, they destroyed Oklahoma. I don't know how much you can stock you can take after that. But then you have West Virginia. But looking at that Oklahoma performance, you see Quinn Ewers make some amazing throws. He makes some things that you thought he could make as people were touting him as one of the best recruits of all time. You see Bijan Robinson just be excellent. You see these new weapons come out. Xavier Worthy hasn't even been one of the best wide receivers in the Big 12, but you know he's good. You see Jordan Winningham, I think one of the best, like, just role key players on a oh, team. Oh, he's great. He is I, great. I he's love a number one on, He's a number one on, on – I mean, I, we got a lot of good receivers in this league, but he's a number one on most teams. Guy's oh, number one on most teams. A hundred percent. He's, like, a like such a glue guy for that team. And JT you, Sanders is, like, awesome. Ben – one of my favorite players to watch in the entire league at, at tight end. So so my thing about Texas is like coming into the season, we didn't think that they were going to win the Big 12, but we knew amazing offense, defense that needs to just like be average or above, and they have done that. So that's right. where I think Texas is still very much in to the Big 12 conversation when it comes to winning a championship in this league, even though that loss against Texas Tech is bad. I think yes. that they showed that they can hang with any team, and I think they have the biggest ceiling in the league when it comes from how good they can really be. I agree. I, I think they're the most complete team. I think they're the most complete team in the league. And I'll tell you what, like, here's the thing that we're starting to realize now when we watch Texas Tech play. I know they put up a lot of points to them. They're going to score a lot of points on essentially everybody, right? That's just, that's just how this thing is going to work. Zach Kitley's offenses are just – I mean, as long as they have those kids at quarterback, all three of those guys who are – all pretty awesome in their own, you know, different way. I think I feel like Texas Tech fans probably have turned a little bit on Donovan Smith, but like once again, the guy, the guy's it's not like he's got no ability at all. Like he's he'll probably transfer and be a starter somewhere else and could be really, really freaking good. Might even transfer them to the conference. Who knows? Um the, they're gonna put up a lot of points on a lot of people. I, I think once again, like that loss becomes more disappointing. And also it's gonna be tougher for them now, right? You've got one conference loss. So you've got a run left here, Robbie, where you still have Kansas State. You still have Oklahoma State. You still have TCU. You still have Kansas. You still have those four teams left. The the four remaining ranked teams in the Big 12 are all left on the table for Texas. So we're going to see how good they are, but we've seen it now. OU's not good. So what do you do to a bad team? I mean, they they took them behind the woodshed and put them to put them down like a dead dog. 
right? 48 nothing is absolutely – I mean, that's just that's, – that's what you should do to bad teams, and they did it. So I, I think with the variety that we see, like, that, once again, that offense, it's not just B. John Robinson. It's Roshan Johnson, J.T. Sanders, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington. Like, that's what makes the offense good when they spread it around. When, when you have to cover every guy at every part of the field because you have a quarterback who can deliver the ball to every part of the field, it's it's like Alabama, man. It's it's hard to stop, right? It's like Ohio State. It's, it's it's hard to stop. Not saying they're there yet, but that's the kind of stuff that we talk about. What do we say when we talk about Ohio State? Man, just too many weapons, right? Too many weapons. Texas, too many we- weapons. Pick your poison at this point. Yeah, and I think really this is kind of just like a buy into the culture. Like this is what Oklahoma needs to have next season. Right. They need to have what Texas is doing right now. One, they have talent at Texas, which is something, honestly, Oklahoma needs to upgrade. But two, like you can tell they're a more physical group. They're a team that can just like battle you defensively now. They're a team on, on the defensive line. They're not the joke that they were anymore. They have players that can get to the quarterback. So that's where I think Texas right now, Obviously, two losses, one against Alabama, which is like we all thought they were going to lose to them, and then the one against Texas Tech. But right now, I really think they have a good path to the Big 12 championship game. Will they get there? I'm skeptical, but this is the Texas we all thought we were going to get. All right, one more here. Oklahoma State is the most confusing team in the Big 12. I could not disagree with you more. So go ahead and make your point here because I think I, I, I know exactly who Oklahoma State is. Oklahoma State is the most confusing team in the league to me for a couple of reasons. One, they're the, the highest ranked team in the Big 12, but I don't think they're the best team, so that's a little confusing. And then they play Texas Tech after a week of us saying, you know what, they're the best team in the league. They beat Baylor. That was an amazing game. And then for most of that game, I thought they were outmatched. I thought Texas Tech really put up quite a battle against them with Baron Morton. Baron Morton, in his first career start, just like was absolutely lighting them up. And that's where I look at them as well. And then I look at Spencer Sanders. And Spencer Sanders is like, we can agree, has been the best version of himself. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like the stats in the league and everything, like, He's there, but not the best. So we can't necessarily call him the best, but we agree that he is the best. And when it comes to the the road ahead, you know, they still have so many hard games on their schedule, especially three in a row. You have TCU this weekend, which is a absolute must watch. You're home against Texas, and then you're at Kansas State. Right now, like, we think they're this team that, is very good on offense and getting better defensively, but then they play Texas Tech, and I don't know. That's why Oklahoma State, for me, I don't know where to put them. I still have them in the Big 12 championship game, but I have never been – let's say that game against Texas Tech really shook my confidence for them, and I'm just very confused on them as a whole. I'll tell you this. This is why I I am not confused at all. They they are so, they're so well coached. It's unbelievable how well coached the team is. I mean, like everybody's talking about like the fair catch. Like guys, that we we should have seen that kind of stuff coming, right? I actually just saw right, right before I talked to you. I saw Mike Gundy on SportsCenter with Matt Barry, and he's like, "Look, we have a list of things special teams wise that we talk about and we look at every single year uh, before the season. We talk about, hey, this is a possibility. This is stuff that could come up." Not only do they get themselves a fair catch, which gets them the ball, they got themselves a 15-yard catch interference penalty too. 
to put on top of that. That is that is what separates this team. And yes, the, the thing about them is they know what team they have. Derek Mason, I think, is fully aware. Like, our line's good. We don't generate much pressure. They, they actually have been good at stopping the run, though. I'll give them that. There's, Arizona State puts some yards on the, on the ground. But they've been really good stopping the run. They cannot stop the pass. Somebody actually did send some numbers to you and I on Twitter about some of the defensive stuff that they are doing right now in the fourth quarter. And it's been really good, right? The the joke about Oklahoma State is, oh, my God, they play a million close games. Why do you think they win them? Because they they know exactly what this team is. Casey Dunn, Mike Gundy, and Derek Mason, and rest staff too, know exactly what they have. They have a quarterback that they like in Spencer Sanders who is old enough now that they can just turn him loose and say, look, we need you to get him. I mean, Robbie, when this year have we been like, you know what, Oklahoma State needs a score, and they don't get it. They're averaging 50 points, almost 50 points a game this year. They scored 58 against Central Michigan, and they they almost needed all 58 of those points, right? That thing got closer yeah. in the end. 34 in, in kind of their worst performance of the year, 34-17 went over Arizona State, which is a very workmanlike performance. 63 against Pine Bluff, whatever. 36 against a really good Baylor defense, right? And then 41 last week against Texas Tech, just for the point totals. What, you know, I'm not, it's not on all offense, but, like, they score whenever they need to score. Whenever they need a stop in the fourth quarter, they seem to get every stop they need. And so you can say they're playing roulette. They're at the table. At some point, your luck is going to run out. They're at the blackjack table, and they keep hitting on 17, right? So I think some people kind of view that's the way that, that Oklahoma State's playing this year. I don't think it's like that. Do I think they're the best team in the league? No. Do I think they have more talent on the skill positions on offense than TCU? No. Do I think they're in def- their defense TCU is pretty, pretty even? Probably. But, man – They've got the better coaching staff. They've got confidence in their guys. They know what they are. They know exactly what they are. And I think uh, this is a team. I thought they would be this team coming into the year. I didn't think they'd be able to win the way they have. Um, I I feel like I know the, I know you said that the losses felt close. It felt like close against Texas Tech. It was never in doubt. The Baylor game to me really was never in doubt because as soon as it got close again, they immediately got another score. They just have a way about them, and it might end this week. It might, yeah. but they know what they have. I think, in my opinion, at least. Today's Locked On Big Twelve podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. If you have not tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor ready: delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite flavor. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. There are only 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Right now, guys, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED ON15. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5, Locked On 15, for 15% off of your first order. Built Go, Built Boost, all of those things, and also Built Bars as well. Check it out, Built.com today. The thing about the league is I think that we kind of know a lot about everyone. Like, I think every team kind of has this identity. Like, Kansas State, 
I know they're really good defensively, and I know that they're going to run the football. That's not confusing. I look at TCU, amazing offense. I know with that identity. Kansas, I know their identity. Texas, I'm starting to know even more and more they're not confusing to me. The teams that I consider somewhat confusing, I don't even consider Oklahoma confusing because there's nothing confusing about it. They're just bad. But like a team like Baylor and Oklahoma State, those are teams that like Baylor, I don't think necessarily has their identity. Oklahoma State, like, do they have an identity yet? And that's where like, I don't know if they need one because like they're just very, very good. But defensively, I want to consider them one of the best of the league. And then they, they're, they're just not. So that's where I'm just confusing on yeah. like, is this really a college football playoff team? Is this really the no, team that's going to compete? Is this it's really not. the team that might win the big 12? That's where I'm confusing. It's like, where do I put expectations here? I like what I'm seeing. I think they're going to, before Oklahoma state fans want to kill me, I think you're going to play in the big 12 title game. I have you in Kansas state. I've locked into that. But for, for now, I, I, I don't know. I I'm just a little confused defensively in like what this team's identity is. You know, I, I think the good, the good thing we're going to see this week is them going up against two teams the next two weeks. And then they have Texas after that too. Two teams that we know for a fact have, have some upper level talent at some of the really big skill positions. Right. Um, you would take the TCU receiving core over the Oklahoma State secondary. Hundred percent. You would, and, and here's the thing. You know, th- this is the these are the moments, right, where they start they start lining themselves up against teams that have been playing really well, right? Baylor, like for as good as Baylor has been in the past year, th- they really haven't found that next gear yet this year. That that's the best version of this team. TCU has found it, and I think Texas has found it. They're their best. And I think both those teams actually could get a little bit better. Um, that's the test now. That is the test now. And I I've had a tough time picking against them, though. At some point, yes, this will run out. They probably go nine and three, ten and two this year. Maybe it starts this week. I mean, their next I, three games are so brutal. TCU, right. Texas, Kansas State. Like, I think those are the three hardest games on their schedule, and they're all back to back to back. And they they're gonna and they could pull out three one score wins and we'll be sitting there being like, oh my god, he keeps doing it. But I understand, like, yeah, when you talk about identity, yeah, there's we talked to Robert Allen yesterday, there's the sideline stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, there's like man, they just don't get that extra punch up front sometimes running the football. Man, they don't always hit a bunch of you know, a, a million explosive plays every game. But hey, every third and six, Spencer Sanders gets you seven, right? That's kind of the big yeah. difference right now. Every third and eleven, it'll get you sixteen. Um He's just that kind of player right now. He's you can tell he's playing with a ton of confidence. And you're right, the Agreed. numbers don't back it up. But if you had to pick a guy right now, I need I need to drive to win a football game. I got to pick a Big Twelve quarterback. I'm picking Spencer Sanders. Yeah, that's, no, I, I, that's I what agree. I'm picking right now. Yeah, no, I, I I agree for him to to win a game. Spencer Sanders is my guy, but like like he's just so confusing because we consider him the best. He's currently last in the league in completion or like completion percentage was sixty one percent. But, like, the thing is he hasn't been turning the ball over. And, like, that was the thing we we placed on him, like, bad mistakes. But most of those, really, I'm finding out, were just against Baylor. Like, he was just uh, – Almost exclusively <laughs> against Baylor, right? I mean, yeah. Like all the way against Baylor in the two games. So, I, I think that they are going – like, I keep saying this, but, like, if Spencer Sanders is your quarterback, you're going to be fine in the league this year. I, I just really think yeah, that experience matters. And the way, the way that they can extend drives is special because – they hate going forward on fourth down. They hate it. And the fact that they don't even need to because Spencer Sanders will just extend it on third down is very nice for them. 
Yeah, it's it's really impressive to watch. Robbie, uh, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? And also, do you have anything else you want to you want to get off your? Oh, first of all, any any closing thoughts here before you get out of here? No, I think the league is amazing this year. Slash, this this so has good. been by far my favorite season covering Big Twelve football. So uh, good. Legitimately, like the storylines are endless, and I'm having so much fun. I love doing this every week with you. And you can follow Big 12 today on Sirius XM channel 375. Josh and I will be there from two to five central. You can follow me on Twitter at the Triano Kid. And if you hate my takes, sorry. We love you, Oklahoma State fans. We know you're gonna come. Oklahoma State fans are going to feel slighted by what we just talked about. And I, I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be a slight. It should be a compliment. Yeah. All right, Robbie. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Awesome. See you, Josh.